<laughs> I saw Stardust. Stardust is my like your Karen. And and she was dancing all around because she helped um, Steven Jr. on this guy and and Larry on this one. And they're all on the train together singing. And it was like this mass consciousness of the little of the personality parts all being together. They all joined together. Right. And they help. That's the hundred monkey thing that helps. And that's yeah. what Spirit told me that you just have to start it. And then the 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 kids take over now when i was in i i'm in relationship now for five years and my parts have talked to his parts and right. then he's like two months later he goes lois what are you doing i says what do you mean what am i doing i ain't doing anything he says because this little kid inside of me is talking talk to me talk to me talk to lois talk to lois i guess what is he doing and i go oh he's trying to get you to talk to stardust and he goes, well, I don't want to talk to start. Well, you, but your little kid does. So we had the little kids talking and it meant he has transformed beautifully. But it is you got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. It's the first show, first cab off the rank for 2021 in the shows. I've uploaded a couple of videos since the beginning of the year, but it's the first show. And I've got the gorgeous Lois Hollis back on the show with me. Welcome again to the show, Lois. Thank you so much. From one to another. <laughs> <laughs> Lois was one of my favourites from last year and... We spoke about, so we have done another show if you want to watch that show too because it, it, Lois explains her journey. We'll go into her journey a little bit more, but I just wanted to follow up because I feel like the work that Lois is doing is just so important in the world, so important in the world. And uh, let me just tell you a little bit about Lois for those who haven't watched the first show. Lois experienced several spiritual encounters which began with a near-death experience in childhood. Depression, anxiety, and over 30 years of migraine headaches was Lois's way of life until she asked the perfect question. What to do you do about shame? Stunned, she silently went on a mission to learn more and her life changed dramatically. Lois has just sent me some photos. We've discussed this. You know, she said, do you want to reveal your age to people, Lois? <laughs> oh, my age is 77. Yeah, and Lois was saying that, at 77, she looks younger than she did when she was in her 50s. She was 50s, definitely. And I was healthier. I was actually walking and I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't walk up a hill. Um, now I ice skate and snow ski. So that's definitely <laughs> going the opposite direction. I'm using. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're using. I lo I I'm that. using. Yeah. I'm yeah. using. Why not? Why I finally not? figured it out. You know, like... 15 years ago, I found out that shame and guilt were the attackers in my life and how it influenced me. And I was always hurt because I'm like you guys, I'm very, very sensitive. And I was always crying, always, always hurt. And it's like, you know, and it physically showed. And also I had some abusive problems where I had broken bones and fractured skulls and 
things of that sort. That's a whole nother story. But I was so excited when I didn't have to be heard anymore. I even made a song up. I don't have to be heard anymore. I was singing and dancing when I found out that shame and guilt was the reason that people could make me feel hurt. It was, so I said, I am not dying now at age 60. Oh no, just when I figured it all out, I'm gonna have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it, it, it is amazing. It is amazing that um, how our emotional baggage or how our yeah, energy creates our reality both our physical reality but our life reality you know it's it's the it's the screen through which we see life and and we um, live it and we live it yeah and you know recently I've been having some pain so I'm in my 50s late 50s and I've been having some pain in my body and I was um I asked I asked this for of my students who I ask people to rather than resist the pain and try and stop it with painkillers to actually go and talk to it. Because I believe that all pain is guidance. It's pointing to what we're holding on to. It's pointing to the pain, emotional pain that we're holding on to in our bodies. And if we don't deal with that, it turns into physical pain, right, Lois? Physical disease. Yeah. Yeah. Initially, exactly. It's all guidance. Our a negative emotion system, our negative emotions is a part of guidance. It's saying you're believing a stressful thought. Have a look at what you're believing. It's not your truth. Have a look, have a look. And then we just dismiss it and dismiss it. We cry and we say, poor me. And we well, because I, I think we dismiss it because we don't know how to fix it. Right. And I was on a podcast this morning and it was like, I totally see my life in a different way now because I know that shame and guilt's not part of me. I don't know how to fix it. I know there's a little process and I know it's a journey, but at least I have hope now. I can do something different. And you know what? That's that's awesome. You know, and I think that's why we deny the pain, because I did that as well, because no one could fix it. I mean, I did therapies, I did this and that, but nobody could fix it. So you get very depressed and you get more pain. So I think that people need to not guilt themselves about that because there there was nobody I didn't have a shame guilt educator to go to right. I had to be I had to become one to fix myself shame guilt educator yeah you know you call it Lois you call it shame guilt and I have identified having looked into subconscious belief systems and how they run us it is that it is that belief system I think which underlies every belief system that says I'm not worthy and I'm not enough, which is shame, guilt, right? It is. It is that, it is that belief. voice, voice, the voice, the voice, the yeah. voice. Yeah. The belief in not being okay, not enough. And it is such a, it is such a, um, the, so it's the opposite of the truth of who we are. When we find out that we are, in fact, not only are we enough, we are the extension. I know we're just like huge, we're huge huge energy we're the extension of source energy how could source or what people have called god how could that ever be not enough but we start off with this i'm not enough and then we shame ourselves and guilt ourselves and it just goes on and on and on and if i have written from um from my soul and the universe tells me that our light 
fuels and creates the universe. The universe, we're not talking little planet Earth, you know, mm-hmm. we're talking the universe mm-hmm. that without our light, the universe cannot exist. Right. That's how power. So if we're that powerful, our light is that powerful. Oh my goodness. So that's where we're at the crossroads. And I'm so grateful to you, Karen, for your work, because you essentially talk about the light. Yeah. And some people skirt around it and we do that. But it's like, hello, we need our light. And I come along and say, we need our light. But I'm telling you what stops it. So that's 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 all it is. But we are that powerful, Karen. And you're right. We are that powerful. We are that powerful. And I think that most people who were so caught up in their human story, when you tell them that you're that powerful, it doesn't, it doesn't compute. It doesn't land. It's kind of like, it's a concept. Because it denies their story. Right. Right. It denies this. So that's why we have to go down to the physical. And that's why when I moved to Sedona uh, about 20 years ago, I lived there for 10, 15 years to see the chiropractor that helped me live. And everyone was talking about, you know, their experiences, their spiritual experiences and how they can go away and come back and, Mm. you know, out of body. And, Mm. and they were all looking at me like, what do you do? And I said, Oh, my most biggest challenge is to stay here on planet earth. (laughs) I can, I can go away like that. I mean, I can talk to God. I can talk to angels. I can do all this stuff. That's not a problem. Right. My problem is staying here on planet Earth because I just like, oh, go away. And I did not know I did that so much until I realized I wasn't here. <laughs> that I mean, I was here physically, but you can see my body deteriorating because I wasn't really embodying my body. Right. Because it was too painful. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I started the emotional work of myself, talking to myself to bring myself back into myself energetically. Right. And the more I brought myself back into me, the healthier I got. And the more I could expand into universe, because the more me could expand. Yeah. So it wasn't for me to get more light. My issue was how can I release the obstacles that are stopping me from inhabiting my life and I think a lot of people they don't want to hear it because you deny their pain and and I understand that because like I hadn't pain and I'm like I know there's God and knows everything and I know how to escape but the pain I have to work with And when I contacted these parts of myself, they would say, are you the one to love me? I know. Love yourself. Love Love yourself. yourself. Let me just um, tell you what's happened recently. Uh, You know, after I had the show with you, I was having a chat with um, a girlfriend and she couldn't understand. You said something on the last show that I wanted to talk to you, Karen, because you talk to the, the healers and the teachers and I wanted to talk to you because the healers are the teachers that are um, that can be afflicted with the shame guilt more than anyone because one they're really empathic and sensitive, and you said something that really confused my friend. You said the same pathway that the light enters your body is the same pathway that this energy called shame that you identify as shame guilt. 
uh, enters the body. And you said it's not, it's actually a separate entity to you that we, we take on as humans. Do you want to talk about that a bit more? I don't understand the um, complete complexity of it. Maybe when universe tells me, I will tell you. Okay. But they told me that that uses the same pathway, but they didn't elaborate. My understanding is that shame, guilt is targeted at light. It shame, guilt needs us for our light. We do not need shame, guilt. Say that again. The only, the only way shame, guilt survives is having our light. And I can read something from my writings. Just hold a minute. It is now said that the light of the species is nowhere to be found because Satan has taken his breath full. No other place can Satan can partake of the light than feasting upon the human. The light of the human is a design of God incarnate. To carry the light of God is to be of the place of the resurrection and the truth. The human condition is sacred and has always been under siege from lifetime to lifetime. The battle of light is now at the crossroads for all eternity. This is the time to resurrect to God or fall into the dungeon. Satan has always wanted more than God had wanted and cannot manufacture his own. His curse was to not partake of the light. So man of the darkness was taken to feast upon the, the demons. The demons take the light of the human because they cannot manufacture it themselves. That's the curse. Mm -hmm. Bottom line is Satan, shame, guilt, energy, which is what the demons, the devil, the negative, whatever we want to call it. I, you know, it has many terms because everybody has a different physiologically belief in religion and God. And that's okay. It's just that the darkness, whatever it is, needs our light to survive. If they are together by themselves only, they feast upon each other and dissolve. Hmm. So how simple is that? All we have to do, like you said, I don't do shame guilt. Okay, I can feel it, but I'm like not accepting it and working on like depression or anxiety or not feeling good enough or whatever. But I will not feel the shame guilt. And I won't, you know, in some ways our culture was saying, don't accept shame guilt. We don't talk about it. Well, you have to understand why you don't talk about it. You know, so we know the only viability we give shame guilt to continue its demise upon us, 
attack around us, excuse me, is that we play into it. Like I myself have gotten depressed and I get depressed and then I get depressed and I get so depressed. I get so shamed and so guilt. I'm not, and then I got to the point that the world would be better without me. So that's really shame, guilt. So the point is don't go down there. Well, it's easier said than done. I've had a lot of people. Of course, it is. I've had a lot of yes. people reaching out to me lately, uh, feeling quite depressed. You know, light workers, healers, and um, I've always said that depression is your guidance telling you that you're not on your path. So many people come to Earth to be a part of the transition of human consciousness, and they have work to do, and then they get caught up with survival, and I've got a, you know, and, and other sort of things. They get caught up with other things, and and they make their soul's path are like a hobby while they get on with the business of life, and it never satisfies them. They they're just well, not course, satisfied yeah. them, and they fall into this depression because they're not living what they said that they wanted to live. I've seen that so many times like with thousands of people well shame guilt has got a hold of them and when i was in sedona i had shame guilt buddies like you and i become buddies and you would say lois i'm really having a hard time i can't get out of this depression they go oh i can see how i can help you because we can't see we need help we don't need help from like, you know, a woo-woo person. We just need help from another person that's in a different place. And you tell me when I'm falling down, because shame is an eraser. Shame erases things or covers it that it seems like an eraser to protect us. But it's not really protecting us. That's the inner critic thing. So I have started a Facebook community group so that we all can come together, whoever wants to, and we're going to discuss anxiety one time and depression and try to help all of us, like a shame, guilt, buddy community, help each other as we hear other people. See, I can hear your story, but you can't hear your story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To a certain degree. To a certain you degree. Know, we, mm -hmm. To a certain degree. But that's what people are saying, they need help to pull them out but they don't know they need help to pull out because shame guilt is such an isolator it the more you get into shame the more you're isolated and the more you seek help but you don't know it and that's why we got the shame guilt buddies to pull people out well it's so interesting because you know a lot of the people that i speak to on the show want to talk about um, you know, the light, which is what I, I talk about, their spiritual experiences and stuff yes. like that. And they they talk about their trauma. Like I've had people on the show that have spoken about their traumas and stuff like that. But it's true. Not a lot of people want to get on the show and talk about, you know, the shame and the guilt that they feel, especially as healers. But it is such a human. It is so pervasive. After I did the show with you, I noticed it so much more than I had ever before. Uh, just in, in everything, in everything, in every aspect of society. It's like it's woven through every aspect of our life. It's, 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 it's ubiquitous. It's, it's ubiquitous. It's unbelievable. Now, and I have a girlfriend who, I think I said this on the show last time, who says shame a lot. Like I would say, oh, you know, I fell over the other day. And she go, oh, shame, shame, oh, shame, shame, shame. It was just a word that she used a lot. And after the show with you, I pointed out, do you know that you say that word a lot? And she said, yeah, it's just something that we say from my culture or whatever. But 
it made her notice and she stopped saying it. Um, yeah, yeah. Shame that happened. Oh, it's raining instead of sunny day and we're going on a picnic. Oh, shame. Oh, shame. Shame, shame. You know, like, <laughs> there's a song. It's very true. I was talking on a podcast the other day and I was saying the same thing. Never say my shame. It's the shame. Never own it. Never own because it. never own it. And so I'm, she's going to write and she she was very good. And then toward the end, I said, my shame. Going, oh, my God. Do you see that? How conditioned we are. Yeah. So yeah. I even did that. I mean, like, and I've been doing this for 15 years and I'm yeah. kind of smart. <laughs> so, you know, you know what I want to talk about with you, Lois? Like you talked about the devil and Satan. And it's not really the vernacular that I use. It's a little bit religious, but. I was watching a documentary, a conscious documentary the other day about ancient histories and, and symbolism and all this sort of thing. And there was something, I kind of have it on the background as I multitask, answering emails and mm -hmm. sort of listening away. And then something got my attention and it just hit me like a brick. So they were saying that there was an ancient Gnostic goddess. I don't know if she was Gnostic, but an ancient goddess. Her name was Sinna, S-I-N-A, Sinna. And when the church, the Christian church was forming and kind of bringing out their, you know, they invented the devil so that people yes. could feel like this devil's going to get you, you know, they kind of invented shame and guilt. I mean, the church was a big, anyway, so they were formulating um, their ideas of what the church would be about. And they looked at this woman, this goddess called Sinna, S-I-N-A, mm -hmm who was the goddess of the moon and she represented the feminine principle. She represented emotion and creativity and, you know, psychic awareness and all things that are, uh, that are connected to the feminine principle. And they decided to call the people that were going against God, the sinners. Using, so Her they name. were damning the, pre, the feminine principle. <clears throat> they were taking the fe, feminine principle and making it bad, like just deliberately, because I think that they understood that our power is in our feminine understanding. Because yes. when, mm -hmm. we, when we cease to try and stop our emotions and we work with them, like we work with our emotions as guidance and we expand and our empathy, you know, like when we shut off our empathy because we don't want to feel bad things, but when we let our empathy expand and let it speak to us, as who we are as energetic beings and as psychic beings, empathic beings, connected beings. It is our power. It is our power in this world. And so somewhere along the line, religion was like dumbing down our power by calling us sinners. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. And and look at Adam and Eve and the whole thing. That's a whole nerve. Right. My 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 feeling for what I understand is that shame, guilt is an energy placed upon humanity now it doesn't matter culture religion adam and eve you know however that's another story but it's placed upon humanity so they do not evolve right and it's very 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 effective it has been very effective yeah and as we're in this shift of human evolution it's now time look i really believe that it was created so that a soul who is the extension of source energy can insert itself into a dense experience and experience all it is to feel separate, separate to God, separate to love. And so it had its purpose, like the, the yes, creators, the creators of the shame, guilt energy 
you know, be it the church or whoever, um, you know, created all this shame, guilt, energy, did it so that we as souls could experience something that we couldn't experience when we're only the light. In another dimension, right. yes. And, and it's had its but, purpose, yeah. but you're right. It has, it's kind of Groundhog Day. It's been out of control and we are moving now. We're, we're evolving our human consciousness and it's now time to let go. Like, let go, let go. Of the let go of it. But yeah. it's so ingrained, it's not as easy as um, you say. It's, as I say, I mean, you know, I understand the complexity of it because each person is so different. And that's why I admire you. And I'm so grateful, Karen, for your, um, our, your interview is because every person is so different with Shane Gill. Everyone thinks of it differently. Everybody sees a different experience. That's why I do the 500 questions because I put 500 questions, one answer. So you have 500 ways you can see shame, guilt behavior. It's not the same for everybody. And that in itself is the education. Wow. And that's why you always say I'm an educator because people don't know they need this work. Yeah. It's you have true. to be educated to know this work. So I'm an educator. You're, you are an educator. So I want to tell people what happened with us recently. So I reached oh, out please to, Lois, do. to Lois recently. So I have this pain in my knee and a pain in my hip. And I was asking the pain, what it, what it, you know, what, why it was there, what it was ex telling me. I was in meditation and asking, and it said, oh, your liver is congested. So I went into the liver and I said, okay, what's going on with the liver? Because often the liver, you know, congestion is felt as hip pain and knee pain. It's a, it's a, it's a condition of liver congestion. And um, I saw this shame, this, I, it was like a sexual shame. And I said, wow, where does that come from? Because I don't feel sexual shame in my life. And they said, oh, you're carrying it on your, from your mother's side and your grandmother, but not her mother, my father's mother. So my father's mother died when I was a kid. She was basically just a corpse in a bed for, I think I was about six or seven when she died and she had leukemia for about seven years. So the whole time wow. I was alive, she was alive in my life. She was you just this old lady dying that was all i remember of her just an old lady in a bed dying well, of and course she, yeah. and she died and, I, and they wouldn't let me go to the funeral i was so wanting to go to the funeral because i wanted to see a dead body <laughs> anyway <laughs> only you only you karen only you anyway, she, <laughs> we love you <laughs> she, she was one of new zealand's first female opera singers and then oh, she married really? my grandfather and she never she was connected to spirit if she could do that. Well, she was, but she, she married my grandfather and then she never sang again. And it didn't surprise me that she, <laughs> you know, suffered for many years with illness. And apparently, I, as I say, I don't know, but apparently she was a real bitch. <laughs> apparently she was a nasty person. And she was nasty because she had shut down her passion. Passion you know, of passion. singing. You know, singing is a, a spirit singing. Absolutely. And you shut that down. Her whole body deteriorated. Oh my God, that's so sad. I know it is sad. It's sad. And so my girlfriend and I were talking about it. We went away for the weekend and we were driving in the car and we were discussing it the other day because I was telling her about my session with you. And, um, and she was tuning in and she said she shut it down because in those days for a woman to be, uh, to do something that was like it was a shame thing. So her husband, you know, the man is the star in the family. He's the not the woman, not right. the right. So because she was like on stage and a star, you know, to be married to her husband, she had to step she, down and let him shine. 
and and so she it destroyed her it destroyed her her. yeah it's so sad but it teaches us to that it's real Mm. if we don't live and that's why i love your show is because you have people that are vibrantly alive and yes we have to do emotional work but we're we need our light so we need we like a seesaw yeah we do both yeah we gotta do both yeah but i want to finish this story because it's so interesting uh, so she disappeared. Remember what she disappeared. She was out there in the light and then she disappeared and became a nasty, uh. sick old woman and died. Anyway, I, she probably wasn't that old when she died. But to me, as a young girl, she was an old lady in, in the bed. Well, when you're so, four and five, everybody's old, you know, everyone, <laughs> 20 year olds old. Exactly. So, um, so when I was seeing this, you know, in my body, I thought, all right, I need to deal with this. And it was just like beyond me. And I, I had instantly thought, oh, I'm going to reach out to Lois for some help. So I contacted you and did a session with you. And I was telling you all this and you said, yeah, it's all very well. You seeing it on your lineage. So I knew I was carrying it. It wasn't mine, but I was carrying it. But you said, how did it play out in your life? And so the part of me that wants to think, oh, I've done all this work. I've done a lot of emotional work. I've been healing myself for 30 years. I've been healing others for 30 years. You know, wants to think that I've got nothing else to do. But if I've got pain in my body, I've got stuff to do, right? So (laughs) there was a little bit of resistance in me, like my life. And then this memory came. And I said to myself, there's a memory there, go with it. Because there was a part of me that wanted to resist it and say, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But a memory came up, an old memory of me as a kid. And remember, uh, we talked about it in the session of being like about 12 years old. And uh, I, I was, you know, going around in those days, we said, will you go around with me when you were dating a boy? <laughs> It wasn't like real dating. We were kids, you know, we'd say, well, you, you were going, going around. Going around. <laughs> we go around with me in about two weeks. I'm like bored with him. And then we drop each other. Like, okay, you're dropped now. It was hilarious in the seventies. <laughs> and uh, so I dropped this boy and he was so upset with me that he spread this rumor about how vain I was, that he would come to my house and he'd see me looking in the mirror and loving myself. And he said, Oh, she's so vain. She's so vain. And so this rumor went around that I was really vain and to the 12 year old car and it devastated me and I became completely shamed about my physical appearance you know that it wasn't okay actually I don't think he ever saw me looking in the mirror it was just a rumor that he spread not that I didn't look in the most kids who are entering puberty are staring in the mirror because their bodies are changing and it's like it's a crazy time you know and I just held this shame and I decided in that moment because you said to me what does little 12-year-old Karen look like? And I said, I can't see her. I can see through her eyes. I can see the house I lived in. I could see my mother and my brothers. And you said, what's she wearing? And I said, I can't see her. I don't, I don't see her. It was so weird. And you said, oh, that's because she disappeared. And it just hit me like a brick. It was like, oh, my God. When I was 12, I decided to disappear. It's crazy, isn't it? And 50-odd years. Why? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? What else could you have done? What else could I have done? Like I was shamed for my physicalness was shamed. Like I'm not allowed to appreciate my body. I'm not allowed to feel good about my body because that's seen as vanity. You know, that's vanity. And the Catholic Church said it's a sin and I'm a light worker. I can't sin, so I have to go away. 
there's that sin word again, that sinner, I'm a sinner. You know, I think like, they did a good job, didn't they? Didn't they do a good job? <laughs> if we understand that sinner meant, you know, like feminine beauty and power, it would be like, yes, I am a sinner. <laughs> Instead of oh, I'm a sinner, it's a sin. I think that's one of the sins, isn't it? To 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 like love yourself or vanity is a sin. Yeah, like it's a creator, it's a sin. Uh, love it yeah 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 love yourself and then we talk about loving ourselves you know when you do personal growth work and yeah yeah. so how did you put the the, um disappearance to yourself and your podcast and everything and yeah how it all related it was was, very interesting I was telling Lois that you know the only thing that's really uh troubled me over the last few years is as people like I've been podcasting for well I've been on radio for about 12 years and podcasting probably for about eight eight or 10 years uh, because I was on mainstream radio is that I see these podcast shows come and after a year or two years they're just they're they're growing exponentially and I'm thinking to myself why are other people's shows growing so fast and my show isn't growing and then I realize that if I'm holding the energy of I want to be I don't want to be seen how can you be seen (laughs) (laughs) isn't it crazy it's (laughs) it's true that's why it's crazy it's truth is always crazy what i found was even though i was holding this energy that i couldn't see because i couldn't see it until i reached out i couldn't be seen i couldn't be seen yeah i didn't stop me like it didn't stop me going out there like but what it did do was it created stress so I put my face on YouTube and I had, I was battling that energy, like don't all the seen, time, don't be seen. And it's like, it didn't stop me doing it because my soul was speaking through me because it was, and not you're about, very strong, Karen, you're very strong, but it's not about, it's not about me being seen. It's about spreading the work, right? Doing the work. Exactly. Spreading the message. Exactly. Uh, and it wouldn't it be great if we could do our work without bat, without battling these that's that's the whole thing with your light we don't want to battle it right and i was that's, you know I yeah. was away with some women on the weekend last weekend all of them healers and there was another one i was telling you in the email um she is a galactic healer she's singing the language of light and she had she'd told me this story before but she said that at four years old she started spontaneously singing the language of light and her father just shut her down, yelling and screaming, don't you ever do that again, don't you ever. It freaked him out, just totally freaked him out. And she's been carrying that shame, oh. right, all her life. It hasn't stopped her. This is the thing. It hasn't Of course not, but it's her, harder. But it's, it's harder. harder. And it's, it's stress. And it's stress. And we were, And we can't be everything because right. we have a, we have a uh, what do you call it, um, a ceiling they call it the glass ceiling right. you know you can't our comfort zone right that's what it is and we have to the comfort zone is the shame fence around us right we have to get rid of it and that's what you helped her to do right and that's what you helped me to do do you want to tell people how they can you know how what you do in your sessions well uh it everyone's different mm. um karen is an example of someone who has done a lot of inward work for her to not see her child inside of her 
wasn't that she couldn't see, is that she could see the absence of. So she has inner vision. Not all of us have inner vision. Right. But the more we do inner vision, the more psychic we become. It's very Absolutely. interesting. So um, I think if you want to become more psychic, just do more inner work and talk yeah. to your parts. But Absolutely. that's that's your choice. But some people like Karen and other light workers have the ability of more inner vision because of their experience of the light. It doesn't matter. It's not good or bad. But everyone because, has memory though, Lois. You know what? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not talking about some people I work with. Right. They cannot see their parts right. for six months or three months or okay. four months. And I work with them. And it isn't that they're not um not any better or worse than anybody else. It's their physiology that everybody has a time clock. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's called the inner critic. Mm-mm. Okay, not good guy, not a bad guy. What's another story? But everybody has a time clock, and I and all of you have to respect that because sometimes in hypnosis, and I, I, I'm not saying hypnosis is bad, I'm just saying that you can't be hypnotized and try to find these parts of ourselves because they're not ready. Now, hypnosis has other characteristics and is good for some things, but for this work, it's not good because what you're doing is actually canceling out your inner critic and trying to find the parts of you when the inner critic says, no, you're not ready. So we, I honor, I honor that process. And if you're not ready, you're not ready, but keep on talking to anger instead of anxiety talk to her instead of anxiety talk to anybody that's wants to talk to you hi i don't feel good enough about myself talk to anybody that comes to you you are so much smarter than your therapist right okay so much smarter than your therapist i love that (laughs) and i'm not knocking therapy because they saved me from not committing suicide so like i I owe my life but they didn't help me heal but they had merit but this work is different. This is soul work. Oh, yeah, this is absolutely. called soul retrieval. Somebody yeah. said, oh, you help souls retrieve. I said, I help people to embody their whole soul. Right. Whatever name you want to give them, they call me a shaman. They, I said, I don't care what you call me. I just help people to find their personalities of their soul. Now, the soul, the, the emotions are the bridge between our personality and our soul. So when you say a lot of people, you know, want to deal with the personality and forget the spiritual. Well, you can't. They're they're one in they're one in the same. One one affects the other. So if you do if you've done a lot of spiritual work, then you have to do a lot of personality work because the, you're on a seesaw. And if you do all the spiritual work and no personality, then you're lopsided. Yeah. And if you do all the personality and no spiritual, you're lopsided. So well, you need well, both. Well, Lois, this is what I've seen 30 odd years, you know, working with uh, spiritual people and singers and healers and teachers. What I've seen is people developing their spiritual gifts and having opening their crown chakra and and be able to channel exalted wisdom or sing the language of light or bring through healing energy. And they haven't dealt with the personality. And so they're still holding so much distortion. Of course they are, but it's their choice what they want to do. When I looked into this healer the other day, she had told me in another 
um, in another conversation about the four-year-old ages ago, but it wasn't, we weren't doing a healing, but we were away for the weekend and she had repeatedly spoken about how she finds it hard to ground. You know, she's exactly, she's completely open. Like her crown chakra is just like, whoa, like this. And that's why when I went to Sedona, I said, I can't, it's hard for me to stay here. But once I exactly felt a little Lewisian and my depression part and my other parts, I'm here, but I'm also there. It's so cool to be in heaven and earth at the same time. Right. When I looked into, and I've done this with quite a few healers. There was another healer, an incredible healer that I went to see um on a bit of a road trip who lives just out of sydney and she had she had had vertigo in that she couldn't stand up and she had to go to hospital it was so bad she kept falling over and so when i did a healing on her i saw her her aura was like an upside down pyramid it was like she was tittering on a tiny pinprint like her and she had this massive open crown chakra and so we looked at the fear of like these light workers, they they come to do their work, so they open, but then they have this 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 belief: I don't want to be here, and that's what you were saying: yeah. I don't want to yeah. be physical. And I lived in Sedona ten years, so yeah. I. Okay, yeah. may I say? I need to say something here that can yeah. help everybody. Right. What I found by working with a lot of people like that who are wonderful. Yeah. I claim my place on earth. Right. And you say it, they say three times. So I claim my place on earth. And that helps so many people. I'm like, really? I claim this going to help people. And it did. Mm. Okay. Now you still have to do the other work, but it's a start because you're actually telling your parts inside of you. I claim my place on earth. Therefore, I'm claiming you. You are part of me. So it's a it's a, it's a beginning. It's yeah. a beginning. It's a beginning. And um, Pete, I can say to people that I worked with, like you and other people that are so um, exalted, that they go through this process in a couple of days because they're like, oh yeah, I see that. I see that. You know, it's like so easy because they have such inner vision. But they they thought it was too complex and it really doesn't matter. What I get from spirit is that we are moving to a point where we live our heaven on earth. Right. We live our heaven on earth. Mm. And because I was talking to one of my um, one of the kids and they were saying, oh, um, my uncle told me that when you go to heaven, you see all these things. And so when I said, that's true, but you can live your heaven on earth. He says, what are you talking about, Asha? And I said, you can live this spirit exaltedness on earth. And that's really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And therefore, that's how my health um, got Improved. better. Mm. Because I was giving... I wasn't given all the energy to the universe. I was given it to me and the universe. I I didn't lose any light. I gained more light and my parts in, embodied the light. So we were light. We were like the whole being was light. It wasn't like all light here and no light here. My whole body was light. Now there's this is interesting. If I can digress once, I had a person call me when I was in Sedona and they said, I hear you do really 
interesting work. I says, okay. She says, I have ringing in my ear and I've been to doctors and neurologists and holistic and med. I've been everybody. And someone told me to go see you. I said, okay, I'm not a physician and I don't claim I can help your ear ringing. Uh, what I do is help people work out any discord they have within themselves. And I said, it's good for anybody. You don't have to have a problem. It's just like the best thing to do for your life. They said, okay, I'm, I'm at my wit's end. So she came and we did personality parts I did with you, Karen, and then anxiety came up and anger came up. And then we did the inner critic and we, we spent like three weeks. And I said, I, she said, I think I feel good. And so she called me like, um, I said, why don't you just go away and, you know, see how you feel. And that's what I have to offer. So she called me like um, a week later and she says, hi, Lois. I says, hi, how are you doing? She says, I don't have ringing in my ears. And I had it off and on, but I didn't want to mention it to you until I didn't have it for a couple of days. But I have no ringing in my ears. And she said, it was like so pronounced, I couldn't even sleep. I was desperate. I said, well, that's really nice. Maybe it's the healing injury, energy in Sedona. <laughs> but anyway, so she moved away. And then next six months, she called me and she said, it's gone. I'm happy. I'm healthy. Whatever you did healed the ringing in my ears. And like, she called me like two or three years later. And she said, I just want to tell you that you're awesome. And thank you so much. You helped my life. So that's what you're saying is that it stabilized her and it was on a spiritual level. So no drug or medicine would help her. And she, she's fine now, but I didn't, I didn't um, use her diagnosis to do anything. I just healed her in herself. And when we heal our inner self, it heals all kinds of things that you never even had a problem with. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? Lois? It's fascinating. So I'm like, why doesn't anybody want to do this? And this is like the best time in the world, in the lifetime of the universe to do healing. That's why there's so many healers. And I, I believe that a lot of healers that you have worked with, they don't really want to do this work because it's like, oh, I'm a healer. I'm fine. I don't need anything. And, 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 and that's an attitude and that's okay. It's their um, progression into life. But I have been so downtrodden with physical ailments that it was like a necessity like you ain't going to live and how much spirit you're pulling in your heart's not working your lungs not, and your liver is shot so you know like the heart's not even beating anymore <laughs> so it's yeah. like you know so there was you know so obviously in being a nurse I I did all the work and oh my god I could see all the inner parts of me turning golden well, absolutely. And this is when I was doing it with this uh, with <sighs> the other day. She was saying, like, she saw the little four-year-old feeling the shame and the guilt. And then when we he when we healed, like, we, we, we just loved the four-year-old. We also, she also gave a healing to the father, you know, the little four-year-old. Of course. The father yeah. Because the father yeah. was yelling at her because he was, you know, he was scared. He didn't know. Yeah. So this little four-year-old's, like, on top of his head doing code work. And, and she said she's just exploded into this golden light you know and yeah. and you're like that little four-year-old had lived in her I don't know how old she is she might be in her 40s I think for all those years um feeling that shame guilt it didn't stop her doing her work though but it, it just made it's it harder just, it's just harder it's just okay so she's let, putting I'm, her work out there and you know going on YouTube and websites and everything and there's there's this like drive to do it. It's a bit like when I first did it, but there's this, 
this this resistance okay. to it as now, well. Now this is what happened. Mm. Okay, your four-year-old, or her Karen, four-year-old. No, your your. How old were you? Thirteen. What what child? Karen. How old was she? She was four. Oh no, me. Oh, oh I was yeah. uh, when we were twelve or thirteen. Twelve, thirteen-year-old. Yeah. Okay. What this is very interesting, okay? Because your Karen, little Karen, I love you so much, and thank you for transforming into the light. Because what she did was she talked energetically to her four-year-old. They do that; they're between the spirit and the physical. So that's why I like groups because when one person like you heals it automatically goes to the inner personality part of the one you're working with mm. and she will in turn help the world because her four-year-old now shines it will help other interpersonally parts evolve how wonderful is that? that's why i cry because that is so beautiful it is. and it's true it happens and um, I had the vision because I had many groups when I was in Sedona mm -hmm. and I um, <laughs> I saw Stardust. Stardust is my like your Karen and, and she was dancing all around because she helped um, Stephen Jr. on this guy and, and Larry on this one and they're all on the train together singing and it was like this mass consciousness of the little of the personality parts all being together they all joined together right and they help that's the hundred monkey thing that helps and that's yeah. what spirit told me that you just have to start it and then the 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 kids take over now when i was in i i'm in relationship now for five years and my parts have talked to his parts and right. then he's like two months later he goes lois what are you doing i says what do you, what do you mean what am i doing doing he says because this little kid inside of me is talking talk to me talk to me talk to lois talk to lois i guess what is he doing and i go oh he's trying to get you to talk to stardust and he goes, well, I don't want to talk to start. Well, you, but your little kid does. So we had the little kids talking. And it, Ned, he has transformed beautifully. But That's it isn't like I did so, anything so or he didn't did anything. Yeah. The, the, so Stardust is your little kid, is you as a little yeah, kid. Well, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. But I mean, I have other parts of me, but right. Stardust is the, is the, um, is the um, light person, main light person who helps with the light. Okay. And she goes around. So they said, what is your, if your inner critic becomes not your shame producer, what is he? And I said, he goes around helping other inner critics to get it. So to that's get, what my inner critic, to, to get that they don't have to be a narcissistic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here crying because it's so beautiful, Karen. It is beautiful. You know, what I experienced with you <laughs> is because like time is a linear time is a construct of the third dimension. So when you're doing this inner work, you're kind of you're moved. You've moved outside of there's time. no time. There's no there's time. No and time. what was really fascinating, I think I said it to you when I contacted the 12 year old me. 
I understood that she still exists in time and space. Of course, she's stuck. As a being. She's stuck. And it was like I was talking to this other being. It was so beautiful. Many people have spoken about their, um, there's even a video on YouTube of a guy that falls through a vortex under the sink and he sees his older self and he's taken a photograph. I don't know if it's real, but it looks real of his, like he physically contacts his older self. He's in his like 40s and his older self is in his 60s or something. But these these beings kind of in all our ages still exist in time and space as people and are stuck and, and we can when well, some of them are stuck and some of them aren't but we can go there and speak to them and if they're stuck the healer and us can help them it's just yeah so and only beautiful. we can do that a therapist can't you have to reparent yourself right. and do you know i can tell you this but you know who taught me how to do this who the palladians the palladians yeah they came, I was with Barbara Mersiniak at one point, and um, I had a, um, I said, I feel, she said, the Palladians need to work with you. Right. And Barbara was channeling, but the Palladians actually sat down and taught me how to do this. To do this. So people say, where did you learn this? I don't really say. I said, well, from God. But the Palladians actually came to me and showed me how to do this, how to heal. It's so perfect. So, so that's um, where I went to school. At the Palladians. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you, you know, I can't do them all the shows. But that's who taught me. They go, how did you learn this? I go, well, um, from God. another source. Yeah, yeah, God. from another source, higher source. The Palladians. Because oh, it really just turns people up, but the Palladians okay, taught so me. Okay, so I've learned something today from you. I'm learning all the time from you. So the, the healed aspect of ourself, like the healed four-year-old or the healed 12-year-old, actually speaks to the inner child so that that being that's living inside us, that's no longer feeling that shame, guilt, like I have to disappear because I can't. So when I had that session with you, I heard celebrate your physicality, celebrate your physicality. And I see so many healers who like me, middle-aged women, when I was in my 30s, middle-aged women with incredible abilities that are just fat. You know, like they've just, they're not celebrating their physicality. They've just like, you know, put on weight to sort of hide or they feel shameful around their physicality. Maybe it's the church that said, you know, don't be sick. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that, that voice came through, celebrate your physicality. So those healed aspects of us speak to the child in the other person that is feeling shamed about their physicality or shamed about their light. And that that healed child in us speaks to that. And has yeah, but they can't um, um, heal them but they can make it known that right. they need that help. And th if you have a community like I'm wanting to build, they go, oh, well, I'm feeling this. Oh, now we can help that person. That's where I'm headed to. I wanted to, I have it already fixed, but I need to start, you know, uh, filling it up and work on it. So that's what I want to do. And people in a group, it's just like, it's, it's like within a day or two because everybody's talking about everybody else. Well, you, um, you could, Lois, you, you know. could do that in a group on Zoom. It's, you know, it's yeah, fun. you could do it on Zoom well too. But I wanted a community because then they have more touch with each other and they feel like they're more. Well, it's nice to know. have a community, but, you know, yeah. but the government hasn't been letting us gather lately. So Zoom's been the go-to place together. But, you know, yeah. like we did it on Zoom, you and I did it on Zoom. And yeah. um, I suppose when you were talking about your clients that don't have the inner sight, like someone like me who does, 
what I got straight away is that that inner sight or that psychic ability or that ability to visualize has been shamed out of them. And of course, when, when of course. I work with people who say, how do I meet my spirit guides? How do I be more psychic? How do I open my psychic abilities? All I do with them is move their critic out of the way. And once they move their, I can't do it. I'm not allowed to do it. I'm not supposed to do it. You know, like the religion says that being psychic is the devil's work. Once you move mm-hmm. that shame, guilt out of the way, bang. It's all there. It all happened. It's all yeah. there. It's all waiting. Yeah, I, I had uh, another client in Sedona who was very interesting. He was referred to me by the local holistic um, physician because he was extremely anxious, like anxious for no reason. Um, he was like 30 years old. He came from Ireland to live in Sedona and he was just was anxious, 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 mm-hmm. anxious. And like he was on different meds and, and different therapists. And like he said, just go to Lois. So when we worked together for like only two sessions, we worked and I said, well, he comes from Ireland. What is Ireland? Total Catholic, 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 like Catholic, Catholic, Catholic. He comes to Sedona. There's Buddha and there's light workers and there's mm-hmm. Kuna Khan and Uda and there's, you know, it's everything. I mean, yeah. like Sedona is just wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's like Palladians and yeah. the Arcadians and yeah. it's so Actuans. many. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, and he really enjoyed it. He's like spent all his time with the meditation and the Buddha Kuda and all the other people and they're just having, he's just smelling incense and, you know, and he's like, so I had him be the ambassador Let's say his name is Jim. Okay, Jim, you have two warring factions inside of you. They're at war with each other and you're like, "Eh." but you're doing that because you have a war inside of you. So you have to talk to the Catholic part and talk to the um, Sedona part. And he, I made him make a list of what the Catholic part believes and what the Sedona part believes and how can we blend them together like the blended family right so well we don't need that okay we'll do this okay it was all um mediation it was an ambassador within two weeks he said I'm together I'm together we agree this is our way it's not Catholic and it's not spiritual it's my way and it he was fine So that's what um, I help people with the inner critic is like, okay, that's what he's saying. And that's what you're doing, but you got to work together. Can we just be in it? So you become the ambassador and you have these two people inside of you that are fighting and you just become the ambassador. It's such important work. It really is. It's, it's not that it's not that that inner critic or that shame guilt stops us from doing the work. But it just when you meet it, when you meet it with understanding and and you see it for what it is and you heal it for a better word, it just makes doing the work so, so life so much, much. much. And you and you don't age. And you don't as, age. I know you wouldn't say that I was 75, would you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious because what know, is aging? But stress. 
That and you're always so stressed out. Right. I hope so to be, stressed. when I'm 77, I hope to look younger than I do today. <laughs> well, of course you can. Just just get the other parts of you on board and we'll just shine. I mean, it works. I mean, I can't go out and on my website, I'll get younger. I mean, like they'll shut me down. So, but we can talk that, you know, the more light you have, the the more the more um, light cells you have and you don't disintegrate, you, you enliven. Yeah. So- Anyway, that's my two cents for the day. (laughs) (laughs) You're just so beautiful. You're so delightful. I just love you. I just love the work that you're doing. And uh, I just so honor everything you do, Lois. It's just wonderful. Mm -hmm. And Um, we can tell people, I claim my place on earth. And that's easy to do. Say three times. Say it. We'll say it with me together. I I claim claim my my place on on earth. earth. I I claim my place. place on earth. on earth i, I claim, claim my place, place on earth. earth so be it so be it so be it so be it and so it is yeah and another yeah. thing to say when we say when you're doing it with a four-year-old or what you know you're a 13 year old karen i give back the shame now you can give it back to the person or give it to the universe, whatever you want to do. I give it back for all dimensions, for all parallels and all lifetimes. And spirit told me that was important to say. All right. Just repeat that. I give back the shame. So you give it back to wherever it comes from. doesn't really matter where it comes from. I you can give it back to the universe or to, or Johnny, the, 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 the slob that, you know, shame me, or you can give it to the universe to recycle. Um, but it's not your, you can give it back. Yeah. But if it's someone like your father that shamed you, or even the, you know, the little boy that shamed me was just a, you're just a hurt little kid. It doesn't you, matter. You don't want to give it, it back to matter. them. You want to it give doesn't it back. matter. It goes where it needs to go. It goes where okay. It Cause to it isn't yours to own. It isn't yours. Okay. To own. Right. So you've so, basically been given it and you've ta- like you've you've said someone's given it to you and you've accepted it and you've carried it. Goes it goes on you. Yeah, and then so you, you don't, give it back. Give it back. It's like there you go. There you go. There you go. Say Whatever. it again. So I give it back in all dimensions. I give the shame back. Never say my shame. Mm-hmm. The shame. I give the shame back for all dimensions. All parallels. All parallels. What did I say? All dimensions, all parallels, and all lifetimes. And all lifetimes. So be it. So be it. And so it is, and so it is, and so it is. It is done, it is done, it is done. Like I've done many healing um, modalities, and and often when you do things like that, you just affirm, and so it is, or it's done, done, and it's done, it is done. Three times. It is done, it is done, it is done. Three times. Yeah. So that sort of um, helps tell too. But what you did, what we did together helped your friend who sings. And what she's going to do is help other ones. It's so beautiful. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. It is beautiful. (sighs) You know, I see so many amazing light workers that are just carrying so much trauma. One thing she couldn't understand, which I reconciled with when I was young, is that light workers come into families that carry a lot of distortion so often there's a lot of violence and sexual you know distortion and you think i'm when the wrong 
continent. I'm in the wrong place. Yeah, but you know, from wrong a, zip code. <laughs> I know. I have the wrong zip code. <laughs> from God, you made a mistake. <laughs> from our soul's perspective, when we're looking on the earth plane and we say we're going to come into density and we're going to transmute and transform that density, we've got to pick the density to come into. Like we choose families that are holding a lot of density as we're I so do. smart. We're, We're smart, so but then smart. we come in and we get beaten up by our parents and, and, and abused. Thrown and down the steps and kicked down, in the butt. Kicked in the butt. You know, my father beat the living crap out of me, put me in hospital, and then mum hated him <laughs> so much she sued him and there was just fraught <laughs> with violence it's and not hate. Funny. It was, it's not funny. It's funny but... now because I could see it. When I, hit, when I hit my light, I could see that I chose it. And in choosing it, I could love it. And you could, I could return it. it. I could love it. I, I Well, I could return it. I could love it and see that I chose that for a reason because if I'm going to help people, I need to know what I'm getting into. So yeah. I can I can help people who have been abused and I can help people who feel. You, under, you, you, you can feel. Because you've lived it. Yeah. And so this is what healers do. And she couldn't understand that she's actually had chosen all that violence. So if you don't know that you've chosen it, you're still playing victim to it. exactly right yeah exactly no you're exactly right and um she said that she was getting there it was like she's like thinking okay i'm starting to sink in that i've actually chosen all that because you can't imagine being chosen to be beaten up and about you just can't imagine that you chose that like how could i have chosen that yeah because i remember one time during a healing of some sort Mm. um i i I clicked into my my other self somewhere, and 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 I, I I hear that hear myself saying to myself, "Is that all? Is that not? I don't. That doesn't matter." And here I'm like beating down the steps and all this stuff, and I'm going, "That doesn't matter." And I'm going, "Ah." Oh. You know, but I clicked into my other self and the other self told me it doesn't matter. Wow. It was very interesting. The witness. And I went, "Ah." Oh. The witness. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and when, yeah, when and I, then when I, yeah, when I write, like I said, write these words, I see myself writing these words. Yeah, you're in with, another place. I'm yeah. I'm writing from my. They get who's your channel? I said me. What do you mean me? It's like me in another place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It isn't like kuda kana huda. It's you like know. your higher self. Your higher self. Talking. I first realized this. I remember when I was young. I was fraught with some boyfriend who had, you know, dropped me. Who had. Um, rejected me and I was all woe in like poor me I'm not lovable no one's ever going to love me I'm not worth loving and all that sort of like crying and like having a pity party and then I I contacted a part of myself that was witnessing her and she was like having popcorn like watching a movie going interesting and I remember like seeing me okay the same experience right exactly it's like oh okay eating popcorn like watching a good movie (laughs) I love you Karen (laughs) the witness that's the witness like the part of us that is witnessing us go through our dramas and just love it yeah. like just like when we watch a bad you know a sad movie you know what I watched last night Lois which was so interesting <laughs> I um I go through uh you know the streaming platforms oh god it was a Barbara Streisand movie 
And I can't think of the name, something about the mirror, the person in the mirror, something about the mirror. Anyway, it was all about physical, physical. I had seen it many times before, but for some reason I watched it again and I'm thinking, oh my God, this totally relates to what I went through with Lois about appreciating your physical beauty. So Lauren Bacall is in it. Uh, Barbara oh. Streisand produced it. It's like a, your angels really are taking care of you. <laughs> it's made in the 90s. It was made in the 90s. So Barbara Streisand plays this intellectual woman that her mother was Lauren Bacall, right? But not, you know, like Lauren Bacall is the actress, but the mother was very beautiful and the mother's completely vain. So she's living with the mother in an apartment. She's unmarried. And the mother says things like, well, I can't date if I've got a daughter that's not dating. And all the mother talks about is physical beauty. And this, and she told her daughter her whole life that she was ugly. And so Barbara Streisand thinks that she's ugly and she meets a man. Look, it's, it's an incredible. So it was all about, about owning your like physicalness and your beauty because she sort of developed her mind but all and always mm -hmm. dressed baggily and just had really old-fashioned and anyway and she transforms in the end but it was just really interesting this shame this shame she was shamed by her mother for not being as beautiful as her mother and she always felt ugly her whole life and then at, at the end of the movie her mother showed her a picture of her as a little baby and she was really pretty and then for the first time she thought oh my god I'm pretty yeah, it was a great movie. I, I want to show you something um, quickly. Clients find a picture of themselves as a small child when they can't see themselves. Right. And this often helps them. I remember when I first moved to Sedona, my mother gave me all the family pictures. Mm -hmm. And um, I feverishly cut out my mother and I cut out my father, I cut out my sister, I cut out everybody in my family, burnt it, and I've made a, a beautiful composite of myself. Okay. And I still have it today. Wow. I don't know if you can see the whole thing. Wow. And I wanted to show that to you because the first time, now that I'm what, 50 here or something, I looked at it and I went, oh, I'm a beautiful child. Right. The first time. And here I'm 50. And I went, oh, I'm such a cute, because I have a two-year-old laughing. And then I have a four-year-old dancing. And then I did all the um, dancing. My mother had all these costumes. And I'm going, oh, my God, I am beautiful. Right. That is exactly what happened in the movie last night. That's exactly what happened. She, yeah. I mean. To, re, to, to, no. re, to reclaim that, that beauty and that innocence and that carefreeness of the child. So beautiful. What does Jesus so, say? Something about uh, the children enter the kingdom of heaven or something like that? You that's know? what he was talking about, the children, yeah, the, the inner, but, but our, the, our kids. Inner kids. Yeah. Now, so I recommend people who have a difficult time in the beginning finding their little child is to get pictures like me. Find a picture, even if it's one or two, it's enough. And you can concentrate on that. Now, I have a picture of myself as a little kid, and I have it on an altar mm. at all times. Beautiful. And my, my husband had to do the same thing, so it was really nice. <laughs> You know, it's so interesting because my parents like died long ago. So I don't have really pictures of me as a kid, but I've got pictures of my daughter all over my house as, as her exuberant child herself. And at nearly 30, she's still that exuberant child. 
Like she's still that. Well, you you did yeah. good. Yeah. You did good. She's you did good. She's such a child. I love that she's still got that. She just laughs out of control, like this big mouth, and she throws her head back and just laughs, and she's just carefree. And You yeah. did good. So anyway, I would recommend people to do that, Yeah, to get a picture that, um, and it doesn't have to be like laughing happy kid. It can be a, a kid that's not happy. I mean, okay, this is know? this is what this is what I'm going to tell everybody is find the picture of the happy child, not the picture of the sad child, and post it on your social media, post it on your Twitter and your Facebook, and and get everybody else to do it too. That that's a great thing to do. That we're going to start a trend. You and I, love. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we got. Yeah, of your happy of yourself. child. Happy and self and sad self. You can do both. I have this, I don't know where it is, but I remember seeing it. There's this photograph of me. I'm I'm under two. I'm on my grandfather's knee. I've got this wispy little blonde hair and someone's put a little big pigtail up on the top of my head and a pretty little dress and pretty little booties. And my grandfather's holding me on my knee, his knee. It's a black and white photograph. And the look on this child's face is, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, my, my so unhappy. She's so unhappy. Oh, my, so my, 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 my partner said he just everybody asked, "What's he doing?" He said, "I'm waiting for my rear parents to come and get me." <laughs> waiting for his parents to come. And he get said, me. "But they never came." Right. <laughs> And that's his look on it. He's like, look, and where are they? Where's my real parents? Where's my real parents? Right. <laughs> yeah. The star kids. Oh, he kept on saying. A lot of the star he's... kids, they, they come and they're, they're with these human families and like, they, you're not my parents. <laughs> like, where are my you real know? parents? The Palladians. So, so God let him see heaven one time in a dream and he, and, uh, he said, well, that's where your real parents are or something. It was just really, anyway, it's a good story. So anyway, I think we have two things. I claim my place on earth. Claim my place on earth. When you release the shame, you have three parts to do. And we need to find a happy and a sad picture or whatever of your childhood somewhere. Celebrate. I had to do 400 pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we're here on earth and it would be, we're here to do a job. All the people that are watching this, even if you think you're not a new world teacher, I always say I attract the new world teachers or the light workers or light weavers. And you might as well do it with joy because you're here. You're here in your physical body. It's so it's so fun. It's the best joy is I had nine all of my people that came to me, they go, if this is therapy, it's so fun. I've never had so much fun in my life. How much fun it is to meet yourself. Okay, you may cry, but then you're like laughing. It's so fun. I go, I know it's so fun. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Lois, it's been gorgeous. It's been gorgeous. Bless you. Bless Bless you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You are a blessing to this world. And if people want to reach out to you to join your Facebook group, I still think you should do the groups on Zoom. I think that would be great. You know, get some groups happening, do some group therapy on. I think that would be great. So if people want to reach out, where can they find you? uh, LoisHollis.com. L-O-I-S-H-O-L-L-I-S.com. And you've got a Facebook page too. You're on Facebook. Yes, because I have um, on my um, 
all my um, sheets and website, just click the Facebook icon. And then I have four pages still of Facebook. So choose which one you want. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> so, so reach out for Hollis because it's all very well. Give, you can call me too. Oh, I have my phone Hello, number there. Lois. Uh, because it's all very well contacting your light and, and, and expanding your psychic and channeling abilities and talking to spirit guides and seeing past lives. All that's great. But while we're here as light weavers doing our work, we've got to feel the joy of being physical, what it is to be. I love our bodies, love our inner child, love this earth, love the physicality of who we are. It's so important. It's very important. Very yeah. important. Okay. But thank you, Karen. Thank you, Donna. And Spirit thanks you as well. <laughs> Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Isn't Lois just gorgeous? She's just divine. I just love her. She's just, she's just divine. I love her. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you got a lot out of that. I feel like it's so important for the light weavers, as I call you, to really um, access their spirit, their physicality as well as their spiritual spirituality. I don't think there is a difference. It's all just one energy at different frequencies, different vibrations. But so many light workers, light weavers, uh, don't. Um, it's 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 interesting. I was just about to say to Lois, we were chatting afterwards, that there is this health movement, especially here in Australia. It's probably the same in other countries where people are really into their physicality, they're into their yoga and their juices and their diets and which diets that they're all arguing about what to eat and what not to eat and their exercises and their Pilates and, and their qigong and all this sort of stuff. And they're not really into kind of connecting to the angels or their spirit guides. Um, I know a lot of people who do sacred ritual, but there's like a point where it becomes too woo-woo you know, like they don't go there. So they're into health and sacredness, but not into talking to Palladians or stuff like that. And I think we need to sort of embrace all of it, just embrace all of it, embrace the health and physical aspects of ourselves, as well as the woo-woo, own your woo-woo, you know, celebrate your woo-woo and celebrate your uh, physicality. That's what my guide said to me when I had the session with Lois, celebrate your physicality. Don't be ashamed of your physicality don't be ashamed of your sexuality i, I have in you know in australia and sydney there's a lot of people who do tantra workshops and talk about contacting that sexual energy and utilizing it as a healing tool not just to have pleasure with another person or pleasure with yourself but utilizing that sexual energy which has been equated with physical energy it's actually not it just it just moves the physical form sexual energy moves the physical form but engaging in that sexual energy and not being ashamed of it and using it to nurture your physical form. Uh, sexual energy, I think that we were talking on the weekend when I was away with the girls. Uh, one person was saying that a, a woman that runs Tantra workshops here, she was saying that Jesus Christ was a Tantra teacher <laughs> and that he was talking about that moving that sexual energy within yourself to contact spirit something I hadn't heard before, thought that was interesting. And again, you know, throughout history, I don't know, religion and the church, all churches, not just Christian churches, but look at the Muslim church and, and the Hindu churches and the Buddhist churches, they've all made sexual energy a sin. And maybe it is a sin if you look at that goddess, the sinner, the sinner, the creative goddess of the moon goddess, the, um, yeah, the, maybe it is a sin. It's just not a bad word. It's, it's a beautiful word. But the, the Buddhist monks, you know, they didn't engage in 
sex and the Catholic Church, their priests didn't engage in sex. I think with the Buddhist monks, many of them were taught how to move sexual energy through their body so that if they didn't engage in physical sex, that sexual energy could still nurture their physical form. But the Catholic monks who were told not to have sex were not shown how to utilize that sexual energy that's going to build in them if they don't you know, have sex and how to bring it up through your chakras and up through the top of your head so that it can nourish your physical body. And that's when a lot of distortion happened in the Catholic Church, a lot of distortion, a lot of rapes, a lot of child, you know, a lot of terrible things. Look, I don't have to talk about it. It's all over the internet. There's been movies made about it. There's an amazing movie made about a guy that says that he was raped by a Catholic Church and this um, these investigators look into it, these journalists, and they find just hundreds of people that that's happened to just in this small town that they're in, this small city. Yeah. So if it's, you know, we can't not celebrate our physicality. It's We're physical. We're physical sexual beings. We're here to celebrate it. And, um, yeah, if you're not going to engage in sex, make sure you move that sexual energy through your body so that your physicality is nurtured. Lois speaks about that too in her work. But go and check her out. She's amazing. Have a session with her. She's wonderful. Uh, she doesn't, what I noticed is she doesn't put you into hypnosis. I thought, like I'm someone who can contact things, who can see things really easily. And I was thinking for people that aren't as aware like that as me, I wonder without doing hypnosis if that's possible. But she was saying something on the show today that um, being in hypnosis gets rid of the inner critic and you want the inner critic present. It was really interesting. But she doesn't do a hypnotic process. She just asks you to remember. She said to me, well, it's all very well looking at the distortion that you're carrying from your lineage, like your mother and your grandmother. But where did Karen, little Karen, like what was the first memory you have of feeling shamed? And this memory instantly popped up, just instantly popped up. And I wanted to sort of dismiss it and say, no, no, no. And I, my guide said to me, you're thinking of it for a reason because it's directly answering her question. So run with it, run with the thought. I always say to my clients, the first thought you get before your inner critic dismisses it, run with that thought like let's let's follow the trail of that thought and that's exactly what we did I thought I have this memory that's let, let's have a look at this memory let's go there and you know you always know that you've hit the mark when you blubber <laughs> like as soon as I hit an energy that was still active in my vibration I'm in floods of tears so sometimes you can have memory and you can think about stuff and it doesn't activate your emotion. You're not happy, you're not sad. It's just a memory, just like I can remember this and I can remember that and I can remember this. But if you hit a memory and now you're blubbering, now you're crying, then that energy, that blubbering, that, that emotion that you're feeling that's active in you now is showing you that that energy you're still carrying is still active in your vibration and that's that you need to address it. You need to look at it and turn it around or give back the shame, as Lois says, give back the unworthiness, the I'm not good enough story that we've all engaged in, the I'm not enough story. That's the shame story that she talks about. You know, give it back and, um, and let that, that being, that person at whatever age it was that decided that you were going to take on that shame because we're holding the shame of our lineage, but we still have to activate it inside our own field do you see what i mean like we can hold the shame of my grandmother and mother 
but it has to be an active component for me to heal it. So the light workers come in to really dense families, as I said, with Lois, and take on all that trauma and stuff. And then it becomes a part of their story and their trauma because we're the ones that are going to do the healing. Like my grandmother was never going to do healing, nor was my mother. My mother died at 50, very ill, very, very ill, carrying loads and loads of shame and resentment and hate, like just loads of it. It killed her at 50. She wasn't going to go to a spiritual healer and do a healer, an energy healer or meditate or do any of that. She wasn't going to do that. It wasn't just wasn't in her you know, it wasn't in her consciousness, but the healers are. And so as we heal our own pain, we do so for our lineage. We like, we give it back for them and we heal our lineage, both past, present and future. And that's how we transform this world. That's how we, um, what did Lois say? She was talking about the devil and all that sort of stuff. I kind of tune out when people start talking about the devil. It's a bit religious, but I, I get what she's talking about, the distortion we're just giving it back so that we can move into a new experience here on planet Earth and evolve into another way of living and being here on planet Earth, more connected to who we are as, as, as God, as spirit, as source, that love, light energy that we are, that brilliance, that enormous energy, that enormous energy. When we're living inside our limitation, we can't hope to touch that energy. So we have to let go of some of the limitation and then we start to see who we really are, that brightness that light that's why i put so many ndes on the show it's not that you have to die to contact that that light and just like lois was saying you can bring heaven to earth but you have to understand that it's actually there and so the ndes talk about that feeling that they have when they're on the other side and that light and that love they experience most of them pretty much 99 percent of them talk about this all-encompassing all-pervasive love and comfort that they feel and this is who we can be here on earth we can feel loved and comforted and joyous and ecstatic and excited and sexual in this physical reality we don't have to die to experience bliss bliss is available here and now bliss is available here and now so i hope this helps you find your bliss and helps you celebrate your physicality and who you are on earth talk to your inner child and reach out to lois if you need any help or me i do the same work uh, i do it slightly differently to lois because we kind of go in other places but her work is so important thanks again for watching and listening and i hope you enjoyed the first show for 2021 on accentuate the positive radio remember to like and subscribe to shows and share the shows with your friends so interesting <laughs> My biggest bug was like, why is my channel growing like everybody else's channel? When I realized I didn't want to be seen as a little girl, I thought, oh, if I hold this energy of not wanting to be seen, of course, my show wasn't going to grow. It's not like I want to be seen, but I want this work to be seen. I want people to hear this. I want people to take it on and run with it. And then we, you know, we, trans we transform this world to a place of love and light. Love you all. Big love. Speak soon. Bye for now.